Hello, 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 and welcome to Open Doors. Last week, we had a great conversation with Single with a Purpose. And we learned that it is a gift to be in the season where we are, and it's a gift from God. And in that episode, we talked about how important it is for us to work on ourselves during that single season. By popular demand, we're going to be answering questions from our singles and also the married, um, the married uh, people on the podcast today will be answering those questions. I would like to welcome one of our listeners who reached out to Open Doors and suggested that we have a single male perspective on the show. And I totally agree because we did not have that last time. So that's not right. So we're going to fix that today. We're going to definitely have not only a single male, we will also have, or we do have on the podcast today, a married male to answer the questions. So I'm going to first throw it to a single male. Could you please introduce yourself? Thank you very much, Sister Madipa, and thank you very much for having me on the podcast today. My name is Daniel. I'm a 26-year-old single Christian man. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for coming up um, to Open Doors. And um, introduction also from uh, other male participant. Yeah, my name is Mr. T. I'm a male Christian, uh, 64 year old, and um, um, are you married, sir? I'm married with uh, four children. Wonderful, thank you so much. We have coming back. We turn into the open doors. Tammy Tyre, can you introduce yourself again? Well, I'm pretty sure the viewers know me already, or listeners, but thank you for inviting me back. Thank you for coming. And of course, we have Tammy Topler Gold. Hello, everyone. This is Tammy Gold, and I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. So we're just going to go straight to it. Let us just say a short prayer. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for this opportunity to discuss further, to answer questions. We ask that as we answer these questions, that our listeners will be able to learn and be blessed by the answers and the questions. We pray that we be blessed and blessed indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to start with Ephesians 4, 2, 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I chose this because when we're talking about relationship, which is what we're going to be discussing today, you were looking for some the, 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 um, the participants, singles, married, to be humble, gentle we want to be patient with each other we want to bear be bearing with with each other with love we want to make sure that there is unity in the spirit these are one of the things that we're looking for in relationship all the things we're looking for in relationships 
I am just going to be your moderator for today. I will be learning with my mouth open. And the only time I will jump in is if there is chaos, which I don't think there will be chaos. So that being said, Temi, you have a question. Please start. Yes, my first question is from one of our listeners. His name is KB, and he's a single man from Long Island, New York. KB would like to know, what is the point of marriage? Is marriage just um, the point to have be able to um, have sex legally with God's approval or what? Um, from my perspective, marriage is a calling that God um, gives us. And the point of it is for a man and a woman to join together for a purpose that is greater than themselves. And God calls together people who can fit into each other's purpose, his design, and be able to glorify him together. I don't think it's just for people to have children, even though children are a blessing that comes from marriage. But I believe that God has greater purpose and greater um, task for married people. And through two people coming together, being married, they can bless um, nations and other individuals by showing how to be godly, godly spouses and representing Christ in their marriage. So Mrs. Gold, I want to ask you first, what do you think about that question? Um, thank you, Timitayo. I think that um, marriage is not, the sole purpose of marriage is not just to have sex. Of course, sex is part of it. And as we know, Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 1 to 4, which we touched upon last week, a part of it says, that although verse one says, although uh, Paul was saying he would rather people remain single, but to avoid immorality, which is sexual immorality, it is good for people to get married. So yes, sex is part of it. So people do not sin to fulfill their sexual desires within the context of marriage. Absolutely. However, as Christians, we do know also that the Bible does say uh, that one which is a thousand and two which is ten thousand Deuteronomy thirty two thirty I believe it is so if you're married that um, the strength of that person doubles if that makes sense so what one person would accomplish mm -hmm. when he is tied to a woman in marriage or a woman is tied to a man in marriage the strength doubles so the two of them together would be able to accomplish much in the areas of prayers if one is getting weary the other would not be we would encourage the one party and move the 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 um move the request forward so yes not just sex in the areas of in the area of prayers and even in accomplishing one's life dreams and in fulfilling the purpose of god marriage is important as well thank you what do you think, uh, Daniel? That's my perspective. Daniel, would, would you agree or do you have a different perspective to this? I think it's a very interesting question because it's a question I'm hearing a lot more from uh, young Christian men. Um, I think from a Christian perspective, it's marriage is God's direction in due process. 
for unity and intimacy between humans, but also from a societal perspective, family is the basic unit of society, right? Uh, a couple and children. And I think marriage is essentially meant to, from a Christian perspective, do things the right way and go via the right route. And as you mentioned, it's meant to be a support system, a system of strengthening each other. And hopefully your partner is also Christian and they can also educate and teach that most significant unit in society. But also I think uh, from a more, I guess, societal perspective, your partner is meant to assist you and assist you through the struggles of day-to-day lives. And um, I think we're going to find this a lot in research today is people tend to do better when they have a support system. So I think marriage is meant to provide that for you as well. And that's my perspective. Awesome. Awesome. So um, Daniel, do you have a question? Or one of yes, I do actually. So my question is uh, to Mr. T and it's, as we go through this season of singleness, I think one of the challenges is knowing when it's time to take that next step. So how do you avoid the trap of being too available, especially if you haven't heard God's clear voice saying to move forward? Well, the, the way I look at it is um, if you're really in love with uh, someone, if you're really in love with someone and uh, the only way of knowing you're really in love with someone is uh, if you keep thinking about that individual and uh, this is uh, an individual uh, which you wish you will spend the rest of your life with and uh, that way you're going to go, we're going to do whatever is necessary to achieve that purpose of being with that person. So um, the time, you really know that this is the right person for you is when you really can't do without thinking about that individual. Because uh, I'm, I'm talking from my own experience. Because when I, first, when I was single and I first met my wife, you know, I, I was a single individual, but I, it was like uh, she was in front of me everywhere I go. I couldn't shake her off my mind, off my sight. And uh, that's a, a good enough reason to know that maybe this is time for this individual to get uh, together with uh, this person that you think might be the uh, love of your life, who might also be... Uh, somebody you feel comfortable living the rest of your life with. So um, there was a time uh, in which uh, one might not be so sure, but when that when you're not uh, when you do when you don't hear from that individual or uh, something of that nature, then uh, you see that your mind is kind of troubled, and you always want to see that okay, this is the time I really need to give the, that individual call which is the sign right there to show that listen don't let this opportunity pass you by because um, if you don't see that opportunity right there then uh, you might just lose the love of your life right you know that's what, what i think uh, 
that's when you really know when you have that person in in mind so daniel do you, do you think that answers your question yes, okay so ty what you are saying is that when you can't do without or when you're always thinking of that person mm -hmm. that is the right time to pop the question yes all right um Temi, what do you think about that um Tammy Tile? Tammy Tile, yeah. I actually would like to challenge that um, answer a little bit more. If I can understand, Daniel, you're asking, um, how does a man know um, when it's time for him to be in a relationship without making himself too available, right? That's your question? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, so I want to respond to what Mr. T said. Mr. T said, it's when you can't stop thinking about the person and you're very in love with them and can't do without them in your life. I also want to challenge that more because how do you know the difference between love and infatuation? Because someone might not be able to get me off their mind and might actually be virgin on becoming a stalker. Mm -hmm. And I might not be interested in that person. Mm -hmm. So how do you know it's something that is God ordaining ordain and calling for you to get ready this is your um this is your spouse this is the person i want you to pursue um so i want to direct this question to tammy Tope. um if she could expand a little bit more how do you listen to the holy spirit's voice and get the holy spirit involved and really be able to get confirmation from the holy spirit that this is the person that um, is meant for you. Thanks, Demi. And I think you really hit the nail on the head by saying the question you asked honestly is an answer. It's involving the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one to tell you when it is time or to tell you that this is the right person for you. First, I would say you have to be ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually to take that next step. So that person is wanting to ask, to pop the question, or to, to take the relationship to the next level. Uh, unfortunately, though, I think the society thinks the man is the one that always has to ask. Well, things have changed. <laughs> it's not necessarily yeah. so. So let us just have that in the back of your, our, our minds. <laughs> So whoever's going to be doing the asking, whoever's going to be taking the relationship to the next level, that person should be ready to go to that next level. The question is, am I asking to go to the next level because I think it is time or I am ready? And then when you think you're ready, you pray. You pray to God for directions mm -hmm. and you listen. A lot of times we pray and we have answers at the back of our mind. We're not without listening to what God is really telling us. Hmm. And the other thing is when you pray, a part of your prayer is praying for that person to receive the same confirmation. It's not just for me to receive the confirmation that it is time to move to move to the next level. It's also praying for that other person to receive that confirmation so hmm. that when you do ask to move the relationship to the next level, the person understands. So it's not... So that way, you're not 
you're not looking or presenting to be too available or too much in a rush, if that makes sense. So we're talking about Christian relationship here. So if we're going to do things the Christian way, prayer has to come in. The Holy Spirit has to come in. That conviction has to come in. And it varies for each person. Some people get that the, the get the conviction or the the answer they need through dreams. Some people, it's you know when uh, a man of God speaks or a woman of God speaks. It's in various ways God speaks to us. God is not an author of confusion. Mm. God will not lead you in the wrong direction. So once we pray to God and we listen, the Holy Spirit is sure to teach us and to lead us the right way, and would let both people, the man and the woman, know. It is time and there'll be peace and the two of them will be able to move forward. Okay, question though, Miss um, top, um, Timmy, um, Timmy Gold. You know, what if someone says that they did hear from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, um, David is your husband and you should go ahead and marry David. And they end up marrying David and David actually is the devil itself. But they really did say they heard from the Holy Spirit. They're churchgoers, they're Christians, but they really just wanted to do what they wanted to do. You know, sometimes the flesh will push you to, to make decisions. And in order for you to do what your flesh is telling you to do, you bring the Holy Spirit in and say, well, but well, I dreamt about it. The Holy Spirit told me that... Um, David is my is my husband or uh, April is my wife and that's not the case yes just like I said earlier the men and the women we get the same message they will mm -hmm. okay. they will and I'll use myself an ex as an example I had someone when I was younger actually a very fervent Christian, a, a born-again Christian. And sometimes the thing we hear from God and sometimes it's just our heart is our, it's infatuation. It's what it's something in us and not necessarily the voice of God. I was told by this person, a respectable person, that he heard from God that I was to be his wife. <laughs> but I clearly said, being a Christian, being a I was crossing over to my, I think I probably was 19. I clearly said, because I was a Christian, I said, I needed to hear the same message myself. Oh, Mind you, we were in the same church, Christians, and there's nothing wrong in it, but I was always a believer that God would not give one person yeah. message, a message and not give the other person the same message. May not may not be the same form. And I honestly, even as a teenager, I was not ready for marriage. I was not dating yet. Of course, I wouldn't jump into marriage without dating this person first. But I wouldn't jump into dating without being sure that this dating was going to lead somewhere. So I was praying. I kid you not. I was praying. I wanted to be sure. And I didn't hear the word. I didn't get any conviction. I didn't get anything. And I had to tell this person years down the line, I am sorry. I'm, I don't think I'm the woman for you. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Daniel, is that um, question answered to your satisfaction? Yes, actually. Um, if you don't mind, that actually raises another very okay. interesting question. And uh, Tammy Tuckman mentioned, you know, you have to be ready mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'd like to know what that readiness looks like. Because from a male perspective, especially for a lot of young men, 
we fall into this trap of moving the goalpost on what this readiness should be or what that looks like. And then we end up in this trap where we get to quote unquote old age, maybe early thirties, mid thirties. And we are now eager to, to essentially get into a union with the first best thing available. So what does that readiness mentally, emotionally, and spiritually look like? And um, who would you like to answer that question? I'd like to direct this to okay. Mr. T. So Mr. T, what does the readiness look like? Well, um, the readiness is when it has to do with the individual, it's him or herself. Because uh, like I said before, you'll be ready when you know that you can't do without thinking about this other person. Uh, it may seem like uh, infatuation or whatever, but uh, that's the beginning of uh, something. And uh, every, um, every individual, one way or the other, must have uh, uh, spiritual, must be spiritually uh, com compatible in some way. And also, uh, they should be kind of, uh, they should have this financial stability involved in their lives for them to, to be married. Um, not only looking, finding a beautiful or handsome person, uh, not really, uh, that really not the only criteria, but um, once you look at uh, the financial aspect, uh, the spiritual aspect, of the whole uh, of the of that individual or uh, of that re relationship, because uh, when uh, people get married, uh, part of the strain in the marriage could be related or spiritually related, in which probably one of them don't like going to church, or the other one uh, doesn't like uh, spending money in the house. Uh, for the upkeep of the family. So, um, and uh, when this, in the, uh, during the time that the, uh, the individual is single, uh, you could spot a problem. Uh, for instance, when uh, uh, he invites you for, I mean, to, for a day, and then you get to the restaurant, and then he's waiting on the lady to pay for, <laughs> for for to pay the bills, you know, if, if the guy is waiting on you to, if the guy is waiting on you to pay the bill, that that's a red flag right there. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we have all these type of problems with uh, uh, guys like that. They don't like to spend. They just want to, uh, you know, be like a parasite on the woman, and that's not manly enough. Uh, so I think uh, there are signs uh, earlier on in the courtship or relationship that tells you that tells you uh, if this is the right person or not, because that's a that's a prelude to uh, what's going to happen uh, in in future. So that's what I think about that. So what you are saying, Mr. T, is that. In order for you to know that you're ready to take the next step into marriage, you have to know that you got some money in your pocket. That's right. You got to know you have a career. That's right. You have to know that you are 
spiritually ready mm -hmm. and that you're on the same page with whoever it is you're going to get married to. Yep. They understand where you're coming from. When you guys now join together, there will be overflowing and not lack. Well, you're the one pulling the weight and the other person is relaxed and doing nothing. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 don't, I don't want to be uh, misunderstood. Uh, uh, money is not everything, and uh, uh, but it, it's uh, it's important that uh, even if an individual uh, in the relationship doesn't have money, but there has to be that potential that you could see right there. Like, okay, if that person has a, a good education, you know, okay, so now later this guy's gonna get a job in the future, but if the individual the individual didn't, didn't go to school or they didn't have a, a, a college degree or whatever. So that's, that's uh, going to be like a minus. Is that being negative uh, to look out for because you want somebody that is well-educated, somebody that is uh, polite, somebody that is uh, courteous, you know. So um, all those things are things you need to look at in, in a single uh, person. So, if you don't have a job, you want to be with me. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but money is still not everything, you know. I, I wouldn't want to. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't want to mis be misconstrued with that uh, explanation I gave previously, because uh, money is not everything. But if the guy has the potential then you could both grow up together. I've seen people who got married with nothing, and today they're they millionaires, and they live comfortably. So Me, that's it. Say me gold. Can you talk to that? Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I just wanted to say um, being ready mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to get married also, you think about it. You're bringing someone else on the journey of your life. And the, the, the way you look at it is, am I ready for this next step? And part of it is commitment. So mentally, you have to think of it. Am I ready to commit to this? If you love your independence so much, you have to check yourself. Am I ready to give yeah. up my independence to tag onto this person and to stay committed? Commitment to the person, to the family is important. Am I ready to forsake mm. everything and everyone? to cling to this person. So these are the things in addition, of course, to um, having a career, maybe having a job, or you know, like Mr. T said, you don't necessarily have to have money, but you should want to get married and you should be ready to commit. You should be ready to go all the way. You should be ready to forsake all because when you get into it, if you go with a mindset of, oh, I can always exit the marriage, well, that's a wrong way to start. So you're going into this, taking that next step with the notion that divorce is not an option. So um, Tammy, do you have a question for us? Yeah, I do have a question. Since we're on the topic of readiness, being emotionally ready, spiritually ready, financially ready, I have a question about spiritual maturity. Should a man be more spiritually mature than the woman in the relationship 
I specifically have this question because I know the Bible says that um, women or wives should submit to their husband. And in our society, men are looked to as the um, head of the household. So if a man is a Christian and he reads his Bible, he prays, he goes to church, but he's not that tapped into um, the word. He's not that tapped into the Holy Spirit. And the woman finds that she is the one who often is leading prayer. She's the one who is pushing for them to um, attend certain um, church events. Um, she's the one who um, always initiates for them to praise and worship together. Should a man be the one leading spiritually? Or is it okay for a woman to be leading spiritually? And I would like to ask this question to Timmy Tope. All right, thank you for um, asking that question. So I don't think that's a criteria uh, laid out in the Bible for that to happen. The Bible doesn't say um, that the man should lead, a woman should lead. However, I do believe that anyone can, um, anyone can be the one leading or be in charge spiritually. What do I mean by that? Yes, the Bible says the man is the head of the family. However, if you're a woman waiting for that man that is a pastor, for example, <laughs> or someone that's that spiritual, you <laughs> think about it, iron sharpness iron. So it doesn't matter who it is that is more, like it's a, it's a frequency. I said it's a frequency. We would not be the husband and the wife or the man and the woman don't necessarily have to be at the same frequency. Neither doesn't does it have to be the man at a higher frequency in spirituality as long as both of them are know. spiritual. And the, if it's a woman that's more spiritual, the spirituality of the woman actually even pushes the yeah. man, and the man may become more mm -hmm. spiritual. I, I I get it. The man, of course, should be the one maybe leading the family in prayers and things like that. It really does help because the man is as though as the head of the house, it helps because yes, if the woman is doing all the time, the woman may get weary, mm -hmm. may get tired, you know, doing this, it, it, it really would be a struggle. However, it should not, not be a criteria for, for mm -hmm. marriage. It shouldn't be a woman looking for someone that's more spiritually sound. And how would you even know it's more spiritually sound in all honesty? You know, a person might appear to be spiritually sound, but may yeah. not be. It may not be, and we grow in spirituality. Who's to say that the man is more spiritually inclined to a higher frequency so today may not even remain at that level and the woman overtakes this person mm -hmm. when they marry. And who's to say that the woman is more spiritually, you know, at the higher spiritual frequency may not be that remain that the man overtakes the woman. So as long as the, the both of them are spiritual, they are Christians, they will balance mm -hmm. each other out. As long as you're not marrying someone that is not a Christian, that prayer becomes a challenge, because that's what you want to eliminate. As long as you both, we have female pastors, for example, mm -hmm. we do. We have female pastors and their husbands are that supportive. So I, it doesn't matter. Thank you. That was a great answer. Um, so, uh, Mr. T, do you have anything to add to it? Oh, uh, can I said it all? And I agree with the uh, assessment. I have found out that most times, anyway, I think women, maybe it's because they're more emotional. They 
pray, they, they tend to are more spiritual, you know, and they tend to pray more. And, um, or maybe I'm wrong. Daniel, what do you think? Do you think that a woman has prays more than a, uh, the male? So I actually love this question because it's something I've uh, battled with myself growing up. Uh, growing up, I my experience was there were a lot of uh, the spiritual titans that I knew were women. And men are very quick to reference that part of scripture that talks about women submitting to their husbands. But the Bible, it, no scripture in the Bible is to be taken as an island. Um, the Bible is in, in its entirety a guide. So I looked to the other part of the Bible where I think it's 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, okay. where the Bible talks about being unequally yoked. And I think that ties in here because iron, like yes. uh, Tim Tuckman mentioned, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> but iron doesn't okay. sharpen wood, for example. It cuts wood off. So you need to be equally yoked. Your partner needs to be iron to your iron. And bouncing off of that, I'd like to just challenge the male listeners. It's, and this ties into my next question, but as great as it sounds to be the head of the household, you're also meant to be the spiritual head. Because I don't think, and I could be wrong, but I don't think... It's, I don't think it's acceptable to make all the decisions that govern your family's day-to-day, but mm-hmm. play second fiddle to hearing from God. Preach. But that's just my opinion. All right. I like that answer. And I, I totally agree because I think if a male, let me say, I agree with um, Timmy Sokwe saying that sometimes you need, you know, as time goes on, there's growth. In your spirituality that is true and it's very important but also very important is that as a male a male male should not think that you are only the head at certain things and that you get to choose which one you're going to be ruling and which one you're going to be backing up we need to our males need to put on their big panties so to speak and head in every way and if there is something that they are struggling with then they need to bring it to the table where there could be prayer towards what is that their weakness is and ask God for the strength as we know he has said that we should ask and he will give so when a male thinks that they are lacking in certain things, or a female thinks they uh, lack in certain things, there should be that understanding that they can bring it to God who answers all our prayers and also spend more time in his word because when you spend more time in his word, you will get to grow in the things that you lack. So um, that being said, my opinion, um, Daniel, what is your question? So my next question actually uh, is along these lines. And it's um, how do we balance the role of head of the household with creating a conducive environment for our partners to have a say? And not just our partners, but also the kids and everyone involved, all parties to have a say. And this is okay. directed to uh, Mr. How T. do we direct? Can you, can you, repeat? Can you repeat that question again? Yeah. 
Absolutely. How do we balance the role of head and quote set up the household with creating a conducive oh, environment okay. for all parties? Well, to um, I can always uh, speak from my experience and uh, how I uh, take care of my household here. Um, I give uh, all the uh, children uh, the latitude to express themselves as adults. And um, in that situation, uh, they are able to uh, convey to me what their concerns are, and I respect uh, their opinions about uh, what their uh, concerns are. And uh, I help them uh, uh, in different ways, uh, spiritually, financially. And um, I, I teach them how they, they, they could handle uh, the world out there when they leave the household here. And um, uh, even if you look at what's going on out there today, we see what's going on out there in the society. And uh, we try to, I try to let them realize that um, um, the society out there, they have to be able to handle it in a way that will be uh, pleasing to the Lord uh, when they go out there, they should try to respect everybody, just like they respect me in the house. If they get pulled over by a police officer, they should be uh, respectful. And, uh, you know, they, they, those are those things, just to teach them the values uh, in which uh, will imbue in them uh, all this, uh, uh, all this uh, respect that is deserving to them and to others. So, uh, and around the house, they, they, I see, I make sure that they take care of what they need to take care of. Like they, they have to do the chores around the house. You know, they have to uh, uh, pray in the morning and pray at night before they go to bed. And, I, you know, I, I try to uh, lead them towards the, the path of righteousness, to be righteous in all that they do, to tell the truth. And to be good stewards of uh, of uh, God, you know. So that's uh, once uh, there is God in everything that they do, they they practice all those precepts in the Bible. You know, they turn out to be good uh, children and uh, good citizens of the world. Uh, so and a good Christian also. So that that's that's what I do. So Timmy, do you have any? Do you want to add to that? Timmy Tai, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think the um, basic principle behind Daniel, what Daniel's asking about um, being the head of the household, but also being able to listen to the people in your household, your children, your wife, and um, consider their opinions as well. The basic principle, principle behind that, though I'm not the leader of, I'm not the head of any household, but I think the basic principle is leadership. And Christ gave us a perfect example through how he led his disciples and how he ministered um, to others, be it Gentiles or Jews, is to come from a place of love and to lead by example, to practice what you preach. And you leading by example, you practice what you preach and having love and respect for the people around you, 
will also inspire respect within them and help there be more uniformity and um, you'll be able to be more of an effective leader in your household. Because Christ, although he was God, he humbled himself and he put himself in the lowest position to be a mere human being just so he can be able to empathize and relate with the people he came to save. And in that same way, a husband should be able to lead his household with love, empathy, and respect. Well said. Um, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the, dis in the, dis in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So to be... A household to be a head of a household means that there has to be respect. The respect doesn't go one way; it goes both ways. So you have to be respectful of the gifts that God has given to you: the gift of your wife, the gift of children, and that is how to be a head. If you're respecting them, they will respect you back. If you're loving them, they will love you back. If you're teaching them. They will be taught well, and they will be able to go out into society and do exactly what the upbringing they've, you know, they've been privileged to have from you. So, like Tammy Tyo said, leadership is the key to being a head of a household. Many people, as heads, they think that they need the children need to fear them, the wives need to fear them, in order for them to be the head it doesn't work that way it actually works the it's the other way around it's you being humble and then you know you get you gain the respect and that you're looking for and your house will become a peaceful house Tell me time i have one last question and i would like to hear everybody's response on this first i would like to hear um, Tim Topper's opinion on this. When you're seeking a partner, when you're seeking a spouse, of course, there's a personality you look at, you look at their values, you, of course, want it to be someone who shares the same faith as you do. But I'd like to know if you do find someone that um, has the characteristics that you're looking for um, internally, but you're not attracted to them, should you continue to pursue that relationship? Is it wrong to have a type? Me personally, I think I do have some sort of a type. I like tall, dark, bearded. <laughs> Is that an issue? Ay, ay, ay. That's a very good question. And to be blunt, it is an issue. It is a very big issue. And that is what I find in the generation of today. The generation of today look at the physique, the, the size, the stature, the appearance. And that is not it. Attraction is important. It's a must, I would say. You should be attracted to the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with obviously, because trust me, that attraction is what we keep the marriage going. Sometimes I look at myself and wonder, 
right? You know, um, when my husband acts a certain way, I just question myself, like, what's she even seeing me? And even at this day, he still finds me attractive. I am not the most beautiful woman. I wasn't when he met me, but there is something other than the physical appearance. And that is an issue we need to address. Attraction doesn't have to be to the physical appearance. And if we really look at it, Tamitaya, you did say earlier that if you find someone that has what you're looking for, there is no way you find someone that has what you're looking for, you'll not be attracted to them if Mm -hmm. you're thinking the right way. If you stuck on the physical appearance, you will miss it. When you think about um, attraction, the attraction should be attraction to personality. So that's an attraction, not necessarily. It's good to be attracted to someone that looks good physically. You have your height, but that should not be it all. Beauty with face, trust me. <laughs> it's six-pack will disappear. Everything will, go, everything will go away. And think about it. I've changed. My husband has changed over the course of the years, you know, but we still find each other attractive because it's not the physical we're attracted to in the first place. Personality. When you get attracted to confidence, confidence is an, an attraction. When you see someone, then they come up with, they're so confident in what they do. You know, confidence could be a source, mm-hmm. a, a source yeah. of attraction. And attraction could also mean the passion this person has, either for the things of God or even just that the person mm-hmm. has similarities with you. So that's an attraction. When you're with someone and you want to always be yeah. around them, it's an attraction. And that doesn't necessarily mean the physical appearance. Unfortunately, when your sole source of attraction is the physical appearance, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to find something else in this person you're attracted to. So yes, this person has everything you're looking for in a Christian man, but he's not tall and you're looking for a tall man. You're not giving yourself an opportunity. So that ties back to when I said earlier that to move on to the next level, that you need to be convinced, you need to be sure you want to move mm-hmm. on with this and you need to hear the voice of God and be sure it's the voice of God. So if you're so looking for a person that is tall, <laughs> handsome, six-pack, ten-pack, a beautiful girl, blonde hair, long hair, um, and think, trust me, the long hair would disappear then I just spent a night with that woman and Danielle, the long hair is not her real hair, trust me, especially if in a black woman, I'm so sorry, in the middle of the night, the blonde hair goes away with your short, nappy hair so it is not the physical, but if this is what you're looking for, you hear the voice of God that says this is the right man or the right woman for you, you think there's the voice of the devil, you start resisting that voice, get behind me, Satan because that's not what you wanted to hear so mm-hmm. you have to be honest and redefine what attraction means, it's physique is good but should not be it and that's unfortunately what the issue is with the generation of today again, attraction is important you need it, trust me, you need attraction but should not be to the physical appearance of the physique what wow, you, you think, said Mr. it T? so well I couldn't agree more yeah, the, the thing is um uh, like you said, uh, the children of nowadays or uh, people of uh, this generation, they're so attracted to the physical. Uh, that's why so many of them spend so much money uh, with uh, Botox and all kinds of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, body <laughs> enhancement uh, procedure 
with the with the physician and all that. So uh, and that could be fatal because some people go through all this and they, some people died in the process of trying to be attractive to the opposite sex. So you you said it right. And uh, what we need is our true love, and it doesn't have really to be physical. And that's why we see handsome men with uh, some, in my opinion, very handsome men with very ugly women. And you kind of wonder, you kind of, you kind of wonder what, what, what has this guy seen in this uh, woman or what has this woman seen in this guy? So it's, uh, it's very, love is a very strange thing, really. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, it's in the eyes of the beholder and people who, who uh, click together, they click, when people click or when they, are, they get together, there is an attraction there, but uh, sometimes people uh, that are looking from out, they, they kind of wonder what's going on, like they don't see the, the match, but uh, the people involved, they see why they're attracted to each other, and uh, most of, many of these relationships last forever, you know, so only God uh, knows, uh, only God understands all this. So, uh, Daniel, do you have uh, anything to say about uh, this uh, contribution here? I think uh, everyone's really said uh, a lot of the key parts. I think having mm -hmm. a type per se can be very problematic, but I absolutely believe you need to be attracted to your partner. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to swim against that type. Yeah. So physical attraction That's is important, to me at least. Um, now... I think having a list of physical attributes mm -hmm. is that need to be checked off is a problem. And I think uh, if the Holy Spirit is telling you that this person you find physically unattractive is your life partner, you need to review your requirements or ask God what you need to offend him. I think you should agree. I'm going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to have mercy on me. Please. I mean, it's. I think it's natural sometimes as humans to always want to have the the um, six packs and all the handsome looking people. But, you know, like my pastor would say, those six packs might be the ones that will beat the crap out of you when you get into the marriage. So it has to be something um, that is more spiritual, you know. So we hope that our listeners, as they listen to this, they will pray about their choices and let God lead them to the right person. I'm going to ask a last question, and I want you guys to just, um, if you want to answer those, that would be wonderful. I wanted to talk a little bit about the cultural part of things, especially coming from um, the African community, where we push our children into the arms of the wrong person by pressuring them when they are singles to, to find a man or to find a woman. And this is the words that we use. Your time clock is ticking. You need to bring me a grandchild as quickly as possible. You're getting older. Is this the right way? Is this the way to go? And I would like um, Timmy, Timmy Go to answer that. Is this the right thing to do? Is this the best way to, I mean, I think we're trying to be encouraging, but is this the right way to do it? 
unfortunately, the African culture, especially Nigerian culture, because I am a Nigerian, unfortunately, parents don't help the situation. And like last week, Timmy Tai actually said, well, I'm 26 and I technically, I have four more years. According, I don't know what that line is, stay with me. It did stay with me. But because this is the culture and it should mm -hmm. not be. We pressure our young ones. We pressure our siblings. We pressure our children to get married to the point where they just bring anything <laughs> and not anyone, anything home. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be we should support them encourage them of course ask what's going on maybe there are things in their lives they need to sort out first or maybe there are things you know they need they need to put in check for them to find the right person or maybe they're not even thinking about marriage or pursuing career and other things and and maybe as a parent you you know you do think they're um their focus should be different. It's okay as a parent to think that way and to ask and have a honest conversation mm. with your child or your sibling. It's okay just to make sure mm. you're putting them on the right track. But pressuring them or setting mm. a time limit mm -hmm. is not the way to go. It's not. Because unfortunately, at the end of the day, your child may get married but mm. may not be happily married. Your sibling may get married, but mm. may not be happily married. Mm. They might do it for you. Now, it ties back to readiness, mm -hmm. like we said earlier. That person has to be ready. So African parents, Nigerian amen. parents. Amen, 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 amen. To that. Thank you so much. And um, our last question will come from Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to speak to that point before I ask the question, I think... Uh, I think parents communicating to their children the, that they want the children to get married, I think it is important because it's important for parents to share with their children the things they value and what they hold dear. And I think uh, parents should also listen to the children with regards to what the children are in, at the different stages of their life and what they value in that moment. I think that dialogue isn't had enough and that leads to the disappointment and constant pressures from parents as well. Whereas if we just had open, honest conversation, you'd understand where my current stance was and I'd understand how important and valuable this thing was. But ultimately, I completely agree with uh, Ms. Uh, Timmy Tukwe, Mrs. Timmy Tukwe-Gold. Now, my last question was regarding, um, this is going to be a little controversial, but it's the topic of prenups and Christianity. So are prenups considered taboo because it violates God's rules? Or is it because it's relatively new culturally? Is there anything fundamentally wrong with a prenup? Because as Christians, we believe um, God has the best plans for us, but mm -hmm. for example, we'd still buy insurance. Is there anything mm -hmm. fundamentally wrong with a prenup? All right, so from a Christian me, Taya, do you want to um, contribute? I would love to answer that question. I don't understand why if you are going to God about your marriage or during the dating stage, you're speaking to God about this person, you're getting confirmation from God about this person, yet you want a prenup when marriage is a covenant with God that is supposed to be a lifelong covenant with you, God, and your partner. And I think a prenup implies that you're doubting 
that you and this person will go the long run in your marriage. So if you spoke to God about this person, you received God, you received confirmation with God that this is your um, wife. I don't think God calls people to be married for a season or a time period. When you're called to get married to someone, the two become one flesh. The husband leaves his household to join with the wife. So if you're asking for a prenup, it means that you have fear or doubt about the situation or you think that at some point that there's a separation. So prenup to me symbolizes fear about the marriage, uncertainty about the marriage. And if that's even on your mind, you probably should not marry that individual. What do you think, Mr. T? Well, well, well I think I disagree with you completely. Um, <laughs> there, there, should be, there should be prenup for a very good reason. Uh, I know the Bible said what it says, but uh, also the Bible said uh, we should be smart. We should show wisdom in things that we do. So uh, when you get married, if you have the wisdom of, uh, especially if you have the potential to earn more than uh, this other individual, a, a woman or a man, it's good to just protect yourself because there will be children in the marriage. And uh, if you don't have... Uh, any prenup in place, and uh, everything comes to be, uh, it becomes a legal issue. Then you have to go to, to court, and then they divide uh, everything by 50-50. And then whatever is left might not even be enough to send the kid to college. And so in my opinion, I think uh, the prenup is a good idea uh, in, in the marriage. And uh, for the gold diggers, uh, that will not give them the... But why are you marrying a gold digger anyway? Uh, well, well, you don't know who the person is, really. Then don't marry them. No, you don't know them. If, if, believe me, you can't know everybody 100%. But uh, the 99%, you have to protect yourself. You know, it's not it's being wise. So the prenup part of a marriage, I support <laughs> it. It doesn't mean that you don't love the other individual. But uh, there are some people, what you see at first is not what you get in the end. So you just uh, be proactive, and uh, if you feel comfortable with the prenup, just do it. If you, if not, if you really trust the other individual, don't do it. In my own marriage, I don't have such thing as prenup because I, I love my wife completely, and I know who she is. I know her very, very well. So she's not the type I will be worried about with my money or with everything I have. So if she, if she wants to take everything, I'll just give it to her freely. But uh, some people out there today, they're just not that type of uh, individual like my wife. So if you put the print up in place, believe me, you're protecting yourself, which is a good idea. Miss, take me top of gold. Any? All right. So there shouldn't uh, be controversy over this. Daniel, you said it might be controversial. It's sounding so right now, but there should be any controversy over this. In the context of Christian marriage, I'm 100% with Timmy Tyre. We're talking yeah. about a Christian marriage here. The minute we start looking at marriage as a contract, we yeah. are setting ourselves yeah. up for failure. Yeah. Marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. If you have a trust issue with a person, the so-called person that God ordained for you, that's a problem. The minute you start going into marriage with doubts, yeah, no, with fears, 
and worries. That's a problem. You're already setting your marriage up for failure. You go into marriage with in faith. You may, yeah, I agree that you don't, you're not mm. going to know this person 110%. But definitely, if this is the right person for you, for, you know, that God had ordained, you go in it with everything you have. Just like Jimmy Tyler said, you become one flesh. You are one flesh with a person, meaning what you have belongs to that person. But the minute, again, you start having clauses, and you're setting your marriage up for failure. Of course, again, things happen. You might marry a saint. And at the end of the day, that saint, things happen. Temptations happen. The world interferes in marriages. Christian marriages sometimes do not stand the test of, of, of marriage of times. So unfortunately, if the, a spouse gives in to the devil and um, becomes a monster, things happen, and this person becomes financially reckless, reckless or what well, it's happened. At least it will be in the marriage. But again, please, I want us to think about this, especially for our young people. It's almost the same thing as when we talk about physique. When you're already looking for criteria to marry someone, you're already starting it wrong because you're looking for a physical attribute. Same thing. You know, when you're already thinking of prenuptial agreements, that means you're already thinking that marriage would not last. You're foreseeing troubles. You're prophesying troubles into the marriage. So when you trust someone, you love someone, it wouldn't matter to you. Prenup would not even come into that conversation. Personally, if I were single and I saw someone, it doesn't matter how rich that person is. They claim they love me. We're Christians. And I think that person is the right person for me. And the person starts talking about prenup, I'll run. Guess it's a trust issue there already. I'll thank you so much, Tammy. And I want to say thank you to everyone that this discussion is um, very interesting. And I want to just agree on that. I believe this is why you are single for a purpose. That you are single before married. And that is the time when you try to find the right person that is good for you, the right person that you can trust. You, you start looking at the character of the person. That is a gift from God for you to have the right woman or man that you need to move forward with. Definitely, definitely 100%. You do not need... You do not need an agreement, a pre-nuptial agreement when you are getting married. You are in the you have to make sure you are in the right relationship. And you have to make sure that relationship is going to bring love, is going to bring peace and prosperity. That's number one. You have to number one actually should be you have to pray. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And when the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit's help, the Holy Spirit will guide you to having the right person as your spouse. When you feel, when you're closer to God and not further away from God, you will be able to make the right decision. Very important. You have to make sure that you are not pressured by anyone to get into a relationship with whoever it is that you are going to get married to. You have to remain your own authentic self. You cannot change for anyone. You have to make sure that you are bringing 
to the table, bringing to that relationship who you are so there's transparency in your relationship. And you have to also make sure, very important, that whoever you choose is someone who will add to your ministry, who will encourage your ministry. And that is what a relationship and more other things, everything that we've said today, I hope that our listeners have learned and I hope that they will um, ask any questions. You can um, send your questions to a voicemail. Thank you everyone for joining. I thank Mr. T. I thank Daniel, Timmy Tokwe Gold and Timmy Tayo. From Open Doors, have a great day and be blessed.